My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Elio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers. This is our Friday mini episode, and we are so lucky because um, we have a special guest on today, John Grills, host of the Creepy Podcast. That podcast is super great. It tells uh, different creepy pastas and urban legends. If you don't know what creepy pasta is, it's kind of like Reddit for scary stories. Kind of is that? Yeah. And basically, like, you don't know if some of them are real, some of them are fake. I think that Slenderman might have originated from Creepypasta as well. Was Slenderman a Creepypasta? I think it was. Exactly. Anyways, he's going to come on today, and we are going to get into the story of Ted the Caver, uh, which started as a series of blog posts on this guy. Well, he's a spelunker. This spelunker Ted, um, and he's recounting his experiences in this quote unquote mystery cave, which surprisingly was not my vagina. And it turned into a creepypasta story. We are going to get into that today with John Grills, who is an expert on creepypasta. We are here with John Grills. The host of Creepy Podcast. Hi. Where you do sort of like a retelling of creepy pastas, urban legends. You have like voice actors come in and do parts. It's the quality is very high, very high quality, a lot of sound effects and stuff. It's a very great podcast. I love a sound effect. Thank you. <laughs> that that's that's all Steve. That's my producer. 
Thanks, Steve. I am not that technically gifted. How would you explain? I tried to explain what a creepypasta was, and I said, like, it's Reddit for scary stories. But how would you explain? Yeah, I can tell that you're not gelling with that. <laughs> how would you explain what a creepypasta is? I'm only not gelling with it because it's <sighs> part of my life, I suppose. So I just, yeah. I'm a little more inundated with it. It's a, So it's a portmanteau of two words, really, of creepy and copypasta which was originated in 4chan. Oh, so they right. combined the two so, words and it became creepypasta. Wow. Maria, you look shocked. <laughs> I didn't Blown know that away. either. <laughs> I'm shocked. There's a, I, you would hear me going like, oh my God, but I have to mute myself because there's a guy mowing the lawn next door. So <laughs> just know that I'm going like, whoa, that's crazy. But you can't hear me because I don't want you guys to hear it okay. someone's taking down a tree with our neighbors too but i'm in my harry potter closet so i'm fine so how did it and maybe it didn't but how did it uh detour from 4chan into its own website oh you mean uh more onto no sleep yeah i suppose the abridged history of it it's so it largely started in 4chan as the the copy paste aspect someone would start a scary story someone else would like the scary story they would copy and paste it into a new form or a new story and add a little something of their own So it really kicked off with stories such as um, like Russian sleep experiment, which doesn't have a defined author. And it's stories like that where it really came about. And once Reddit and and no sleep and the no sleep subreddit started, then it was started to be attributed to authors more. And authors obviously existed. They're very popular ones like No End House or The Expressionless or Abandoned by Disney that have authors that have uh, attribution and Ted the Caver. The creepypasta aspect originally started from the, well, the, the author is ambiguous or anonymous. And once the No Sleep subreddit started to take off and David Cummings adapted to the No Sleep podcast, people really started to be inundated with these stories and people got really excited and all of a sudden there was possibilities. Now, yeah. not only is my story being read by people, but now there's possibilities of publication like the Pen Pal series or adaptation. Uh, there's um, like um, with Channel Zero, the stories like No End House got adapted and Candle Cove wow. got adapted. Oh, the left-right game got The left-right game is absolutely superb story that was one of the first stories i read on the reddit no sleep and i just spent like hours and hours at night just reading that and i was like this is the greatest story i've ever heard and they made it to a podcast <laughs> i was so I excited and i tried to get permission for it but she'd already given permission to someone oh, else it was, it's such a good so, story i highly so recommend good. people listen to it or read it wow that's crazy so i mean that can uh detour us into ted the caver who's another popular uh creepypasta story melissa you did a lot of research on that kind of get us started on what that story entails okay so this guy named ted started an angel fire website shout out angel fire shout out geo cities <laughs> in 2001 to share this like caving journal that he had and, and the site's still up by the way it's angelfire.com slash trek slash caver and so the posts detail all these events that occurred in december 2000 when ted and his friend b who we found out is brad they explored this cave they found close to their home and when they got in they saw this like very small hole in the cave and they saw that you could it was like a passageway and they felt a breeze coming through it and so they decided to get a drill they come back with a drill and like chip away at it 
so they could fit through it. And he was documenting this the whole time, and he had, like, a disposable camera. But then a lot of weird, weird stuff started happening. And his first journal entry says, Due to the overwhelming number of requests I have received to tell my discoveries and bizarre experiences in a cave not far from my home, I've created this webpage. I'll outline all the events that happened to me, beginning with my journey, yada, yada, yada. This is where I'm going to post everything. So they start drilling a hole to enter this like area they called the tomb. Ooh. They wore like helmets because it was pitch black. So they wore helmets with like little lights on them and they had, they carried glow yeah. sticks. Whoa, ravers. Yeah, they were ravers. They were having a rave <laughs> in the cave. After a few weeks of digging, they returned with Brad's dog because they were going to put the dog in the hole. What? To see if it would, see how far it would walk. <laughs> but apparently the dog was like acting strange. It was like all lively and sniffing around. Then like when it got to the hole, it was like it didn't want to go in. So they were like, hmm. That's... What kind of dog was it? Do we know? I think it was, it was kind of like a hound-ish looking uh, mix. Yeah, I can't, there's pictures of him. Like he, he has pictures of a lot of the journey. I think it was smaller. I think it was more like, um, what was the dog in Fraser? Oh, oh, yeah, like a rat terrier or like yeah, a I think Cairn it was terrier? smaller like that. It's been a while since I've seen the pictures, but I think it oh was Oh my God, it was like my dog. It was like a little Asher. Just going Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I would never do that to him. Yeah, they dogs can sniff out. It's probably like a demon or a de- dead body in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you just wait. Okay. So then they returned three weeks later and like this breeze was coming back and there was like a rumbling noise. They heard a scream, just a random scream. Oh, God. And like they didn't hear it again. They were like, OK, that's weird. And then eventually they made the hole big enough so they were able to like crawl through this tiny hole and it led to a room and there was like this big round rock leaning against a wall and ted said he like this blo- this blog is like there's so many pages it's so detailed and like it sounds like it's in like real time i'm not gonna lie just to interject i was trying to do research for it and i was on this angel fire and i was like i love you but i can't read all this ted like it was <laughs> like it's so many paragraphs just really specifically detailing each of his adventures um, and ventures into this cave and like what he's doing every time with pictures as well. It's wild. You know, what's crazy is I remember reading this back in like 2004 when I was like living with my parents in Michigan, still in high school. Like I remember hearing about this. When when did you find uh, out about it, John? I think the first time I heard about it, I was watching, I think it was like a Watch Mojo Top 10 on YouTube or something. It was like the Top 10 Creepypastas. And I'd never even heard the term Creepypasta. So it was probably back around, I want to say about 2013, 2014. Wow. It was like E-Bombs World. (laughs) E-Bombs World. (laughs) And then I kind of deep dived after that because I think Ted the Caver was listed as the number one Creepypasta. And I went out to find it and I found a narration too because I did the same thing. I went to the Angel Fire site and I'm like, this is really long. And I'm at work. (laughs) Yeah. So I found this really like low res narration on YouTube and I sat there just listening, captivated to the story. And I mean, it's, I think that narration had like seven parts. Like my narration, I think my narration is about two hours long, two and a half hours long. It's a lot of content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a huge story. Um, Okay, Melissa, sorry to um, interrupt again. Well, now there's Joe. They brought a friend Joe with them 
because he was like an experienced caver and Joe went into the hole first and then Ted followed. But then Ted hit his head on the wall and he hurt himself. So he had to like back out and then Joe went in by himself. And then there was like this silence. I don't know about Ted. Ted, Ted's drilling this hole and then first he tries to get the dog to go in. (laughs) And now he's making like, Joe, Joe go, go ahead, in. Go like, ahead, I feel Joe. like Ted's, yeah, Ted, Ted just doesn't want to go into this hole. Wait, who hit his head? Ted hit his head? Ted hit his head. How do you even hit your head? And why weren't they wearing helmets? <laughs> he was wearing helmets. They were helmet. wearing helmets. And he still hit his head. Suspect. I think sus- Ted just doesn't all... want to go into the hole. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, ow, my neck. Oh, you go yeah. ahead, Joe. Ted oh. got his period right before he went into the hole. He <laughs> yeah. said, I can't do it. Ted got a headache. Yeah. <laughs> but then Joe. All of a sudden, quickly backed out, and he was like, he packed up his stuff. He's like, I gotta go, and he left. And they're like, What's wrong, Joe? And he's like, I don't, I gotta go. And he just left. So then Ted returned with a a two way phone and like a a video camera. There's a cord, so as he's going through the passage, he could talk to Brad on this on this phone. So when Ted finally gets in there, it's this room, and there's like, it's all dark, and he takes all these photos he hears like a scraping sound and it's getting louder and he turns up to look up at the ceiling and he hits the light that's on his camera and it breaks ted's a real mr bean he's a real mr bean (laughs) (laughs) and he gets out his like mag light but the batteries are like dying so it's really dim and so he gets out his glow sticks and he like throws one to see like what he could see he didn't see anything and he tries to call brad on this like two-way phone and it's dead (gasps) and he realizes that this big rock in the room is like on the cord and it's like fucked up the phone and then he leaves he feels like he's being chased by demons is what he said he said a horde of demons was chasing him and then something pulls on the rope and then they leave and then the blog just ends on may 19th And there's a post that's detailing a three-week period of time after the last visit to the cave. And during this time, each of the three guys, they said they had hallucinations and nightmares. Ted said he was, like, so shaken he couldn't do anything. Like, he couldn't sleep or eat, and he had to take a leave from work. What? And then this leads to Ted, Joe, and Brad meeting up. And they're like, we have to go back to the cave for some closure for one more time. You have to get closure. And they had a gun and a knife. And Ted said in the final blog post that he will update the website immediately after he returns. And the site hasn't been updated since. And it just ends. Bum, bum, bum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Okay, well, we know, though, that Ted is alive because, uh-huh. John, you've talked to him. I have. I have emailed with him recently, yes. <laughs> so wow. are, can you disclose at all the nature of those uh, correspondences? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Ted's not <laughs> shy about the information. He's not secretive. He's not trying to keep up the illusion of yeah. uh, reality versus the story that he wrote. So. Right. I mean, how deep do you want me to go in the history of the Real creation? deep. Go. Let's go. Real Let's deep. get in there. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay. So the way I understand it, starting back in about 2000, 2001, Ted and his friend Brad were caving. Honestly, the first, I think, three quarters of the story is all true. Every mm-hmm. bit of it mm-hmm. happened. All the documentation is accurate. The pictures, everything. Where is the cave, may I ask? Do, you, where, do we know where? It's in Utah. Okay. Yeah, I think he sent me a map, actually. I think it's, wow. I looked on a map, I think it's like 30 miles southeast of Salt Lake City. Yeah, you have to rappel like off an overpass, like yeah. off highway road or whatever to get in there. It's not an easy, it's not easy to access, but it exists for everybody to see for themselves. Wow. The original idea, and again, this is kind of what started the creepypasta craze, and original creepypastas were largely around the idea that it could be real. Now, with the introduction of no sleep and everything else, the suspension of disbelief has to exist because most people are like, yeah, this didn't happen. Like, it's a scary story. It's a horror movie sort of thing. But originally, the point was, here's this mess up thing that happened to me. And picture documentation was a really heavy part of it. There'd mm-hmm. always be some sort of a, or like mm-hmm. Smile Dog. If you're familiar with Smile Dog, mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a sketchy JPEG of like a creepy looking mm-hmm. dog grinning and some stuff in the background. <laughs> Uh, like that's, that was a really strong aspect to lead credence to the story and all this documentation, Ted's original idea is he wanted to start a website just to show his family. Like this is the, mm-hmm. this is the caving that I like to do. He said that once everything was complete, the, the reality of it all, at least it took him mm-hmm. about a year to write the story when wow. he finally posted it on angel fire. It took him a long time and it took a long time to actually get through the hole, which they called Floyd's tomb, which is still called Floyd's tomb. Local spelunkers really liked the name. So they kept it. <laughs> wow. And, but the process, even though it's really condensed in the story, took months and months and months. It's a really slow process. It was wow. a long drive. It was really hard to get there. They'd go out there like once every month or every two months or so. And then he just got the idea like this might make a, this might be a fun story. There was nothing like it existing on the internet up to that point. Mm-hmm. There were no creepypastas. There were no forums discussing it. Nothing. He was absolutely a pioneer in multiple ways in this story. Yeah. And he posted it and kind of forgot about it. And mm-hmm. the way he describes it, 
they, there used to be a counter on the site, if you remember, like those old angel. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and oh he said somewhere around a thousand, like it broke and reset or something. But he didn't really pay any attention to it because he thought, oh, it's a story. It's out there. Mm-hmm. This was fun. Whatever. And he said it took about two or three years before he realized it was getting any traction. He largely mm-hmm. forgot about it. And then he found, he got a correspondence from someone who had gotten in contact with Brad who had read the story and wanted to translate his story into French. She was a French caver who really liked it and (laughs) wanted to share it. And evidently through her, he found out that his story was being talked about in like local spelunker societies. Oh my God. Whoa. They were trying to figure out the validity of it and who everybody was and where everything was. And so he went out on the internet and he started, I mean, probably doing an Alta Vista search. (laughs) Yahoo search. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And he was finding all these forums where people were discussing it. Was it real? Was it, you know, a bunch of BS? Like, what was it? He really had no idea of what it could be or obviously of what it could become. So he was just kind of happy about it. Like, he's a really just nice guy who's like happy to talk about. It. He's never written anything since. Oh, wow. I know for for a while there was a fake sequel out there. Written from Ted's sister's perspective, who supposedly went into the cave to find him. But I guess mm-hmm. that it got denounced and pulled pretty quickly <laughs> because people were like, this isn't the same. This is a lie. You're just trying to piggyback <laughs> on their success and everything else. But really, it was just a guy wrote a story that he's like, oh, this, this might be a fun, scary story. And I've got pictures. I'll just put it out there and then just forget about it. And little did he know that it would be the catalyst for what would turn into a multi-million dollar industry across Reddit, across podcasts, across movies and everything else. That's crazy. There, there was kind of a, um, a poorly made horror movie, right? That, that took mm-hmm. a lot of liberties with his story though, but living dark, the story of Ted, the caver. There was, yes. Uh, and I was curious about that too. Um, originally I had originally heard rumors that it was an unauthorized movie that it hadn't gotten Ted's permission, but he cleared that, but he says that the director did contact him. Oh, wow. The big thing they wanted to know, he wanted input on the actual caving experience. And as Ted describes that the, the hardest part about the experience was trying to get through Floyd's tomb. So you see the pictures of him shoulder to rock. Like, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. He is wedged in like, think like Ryan Reynolds and buried and then take away even more space. Like it is shoulder to like, the rock is on his chest, his back, and each shoulder. And he said that was really hard to get through, not oh. just physically, but emotionally. And I the director was really interested in that. And if you watch the movie, it starts on a graveyard. And the director asked Ted if you if you wanted to put anyone's name on the tombstone, just as kind of a thank you for letting him do the movie. <laughs> and so his, Ted's dad's name is on the tombstone. Like, that's his real dad. His dad said, oh, yeah, that'd be wow. cool. So if you look on the tombstone, <laughs> actually, yeah, that's still alive. He just thought, yeah, be sure, funny why not? To be dead in the that's movie amazing. before everything started. I hope Ted got some money for that. I mean, it's his intellectual property. Doesn't I think seem he like said he, he got like a hundred bucks. Oh, oh Ted. Ted! Ted needs an agent or lawyer. <laughs> I, I don't think he cares. He just seems so yeah, just like yeah. It's no, it's fine. Like he is just he still cool the story exists. Spelunkin. Uh, the last I heard, his current passion is is uh, frisbee golf. I think he still caves, but it's yeah. not his favorite hobby. 
He's just yeah, a laid-back dude, happy uh, to be alive. In this day and age, I can't even imagine that. What, so did he get chased by demons? <laughs> Not so much. No, the last part, no. like, he just, they got, he got through, and then, like, he had the pictures, and they came back. Like, there was, it was okay. more like the idea of this is kind of spooky. Got it. Yeah, it's already it. spooky on its own, just like the pitch yeah, black. Yeah, you don't have to add those well, demons in. The no. first 30 minutes of The Descent is the scariest part of that movie. <laughs> totally, 100%. It's like, also like that James Franco movie where he's... Um, oh, 30, 130. Yeah, it's like 36 however, hours. No, however long hours. he is in that thing. You really fell hours. apart after 36 hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Imagine cutting off your arm after like a day and a half. I fall apart <laughs> after a few hours. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's crazy. So I guess, are there any last like things that people either need to know about Ted or creepypasta or the nature of creepypasta? Or can people write their own creepypasta like stories oh, yeah. if they want to? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's constantly <laughs> happening. Uh, there are, I don't want to say it's, it's common, but there yeah. are stories that have been posted on Reddit even within the last few years that have been optioned for movies. Mm-hmm. The no sleep... Uh, subreddit is so good there's so it's many good huge. stories a lot of them are like two three four five parts that you have to like wait a day to read mm-hmm. or like wait a week it's oh, really fun yeah I've, I've got some favorite series that i've contacted the authors off of no sleep i used to use no sleep a lot more directly in contacting and paying authors for their stories but now it's largely just submitted to our show and it's largely the way wow. no sleep and a lot of uh, podcasts out there but yeah the there's a lot of possibilities for people interested in writing horror, whether it's just to post it on forums, to submit it to podcasts. I mean, self-publishing through Amazon's really easy, too. That's mm-hmm. awesome. This is such a side note. Um, you can cut this out if you want. But I actually watched a documentary about how during quarantine, a lot of middle-aged um, mothers have been self-publishing erotica and romance novels to Amazon. Wow. Having, I mean, that's horror in and of itself, but it's just, <laughs> yeah, they've, it's just a quarantine activity that, and they've been making tons of money because all these women are so bored during quarantine. Um, like single Good for women. them. Yeah. Um, 50 Shades of Grey sold like a hundred million copies. Why not? It's crazy. Seriously. Crazy. Anyways, um, John, we love your podcast. Uh, if people want to <laughs> hear it, uh, good transition. If people want to hear it, um, where can they do so? Just about everywhere, I hope. Uh, iTunes, Spotify. If you just want to visit the website, it's creepypod.com. Um, awesome. I'm off Twitter because Twitter makes me so sad. But <laughs> yeah. I'm on like Instagram <laughs> at creepypod. Yeah, uh, we're on the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. I have a few podcasts on there, but Creepy is mainly horror narration. We publish at least two stories every week for everybody. In October, we oh, do nice. 31 days in a row. Whoa. Wow. What are your what are your other podcasts if people are curious about those as well? So, another one that I do narration for is called the SCP Archives. Uh, SCP stories are the, another kind of popular, not a subreddit, but kind of its own subgroup of horror stories. Uh, oh, wow. there, there's a sci-fi channel show called like Warehouse 11. It's basically about creepy artifacts and like the stories behind them, things like that. That's largely what SCPs are. Oh, and neat. it's kind of all like the secret underground government and like the creatures and items that it's found. I just really liked the stories, and then I found a producer who could find the voice actors to do them. <laughs> we went from there. And then our oh, other one awesome. is just called The Bloody Disgusting Podcast, where 
me and the lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, Megan Navarro, and Zena Dixon, the real queen of horror, just talk yeah. our favorite horror movies. And, you know, we started during quarantine because we needed some positivity in the horror space. Yeah. Like, no gatekeeping, just this is the stuff we mm-hmm. love. Maybe you guys will love it, too. That's awesome. Do you, just to end on, do you have a horror movie, a favorite horror movie, or like a top three? Oof. Hard uh, question. Good question. Good question. Best horror movies or best comfort watches? Comfort watches. Let's do comfort watches. Yeah. Uh, so my comfort watches are probably Hell House LLC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grave Encounters. Uh-huh. And I think the original Friday the 13th. Oh, nice. yeah, times. that's a good one. I think that I think I went like five or six weeks in a row watching Hell House, like, over, <laughs> like October, September. It's just such an easy watch. And I, it's I a, so good. And I like phone footage. So yeah. I love found footage, too. They made sequels to Hell House LLC, which I did not like as much. Yeah, it, it uh, didn't quite capture the magic. But supposedly there is a fourth one. Uh, coming out that they're trying to get Shutter to pick up called the Abaddon tapes. So fingers crossed. Ooh. Oh, cool. All right. Well, uh, John, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, and everyone go check out John's uh, podcast and I hope you have a really great rest of the day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks, Bye. John. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.